Please be seated. Good morning. Happy Easter. Well, we're going to do something just a little bit different today as we usually do. Um, my players and, and uh, stage hands and everything are, if you ask me for something, that's it, um, are getting ready to do everything they're doing. So while they're doing what they're doing, we're going to play a game. Is that all right? Take your phone out. Go ahead, take your phone out and pull up your um, either your browser or your pictures, whichever way you can do QR codes. We're getting ready to do a little something. You can go ahead and put it up, Ken. Those of you who are online, thank you so much for coming to join us. Uh, if you're joining us online, you probably don't want to do this because you're going to have to go to a different place to do that. So you're going to have to enjoy this from your home. It's going to be lots of fun. Go ahead and go to the QR code, and once you, once you get there, show me your phone. Once you get to the, the, the link, the link, go to your phone. If, if you are in the right place, you'll have four colors on your phone. If you're at the right place, I'm going to do it with you. You will have four colors on your phone, just like that. Everybody good? If you don't get the QR code, the link is right there, answerbycolor.com. All right. Let's do a little trial run. Do you have it? Not yet? A couple of people need a little bit more time? All right, good deal. If, you, if one of these, what's the closest color to your favorite color? Choose it, and then let me see what it is. The closest color to your favorite color, and then let me see it. Ooh, a lot of people with blues. Yeah, blue is my favorite color too. Green for you, Liani. Good stuff. I love that. Awesome. So you have done. Okay, now press the back button, and you have all all four colors right back to you. You good with that? All right. I'm gonna ask you four questions today. We are the family of God. Turn to somebody and say, "Welcome to the family." Shake their hand. Say, "Welcome to the family." Welcome to the family. If you know anything about the family of God. It's full of all kinds of people. And so today, I just want to see what type of family member you are. All right? This means I want to see, I want to sometimes, you know, you have your, when you have your family reunion, cousins that you ain't never known that, known that was your cousin, they show up. Let's get to know our cousins. Is that all right? Let's put our first question up there. All the ones, we're going to read the question and then I want you to choose the color. Keep your phone to yourself, and then we'll go from there. Go ahead and put the first question up and all the colors, the answers. Here we go. You ask God for a special promise. He, he makes you wait 25 long years to receive it. And then, after some time, he asks you to give it away. Ooh! What would you do? Show me red. Keep your phone. Choose a color. Show red if you would give it to God. Blue, for if you keep it to yourself, you ain't going to be able to do it. Give it away. Uh-huh. Be honest now. Don't you tell a lie. All right. Show yellow. You give it away, but you be mad at the Lord. Show green if you wait two weeks, and then you'll give it away. You, did you make it? Make the... Make your choice, make your choice. Make your choice, everybody made your choice? All right, now show me your choice. Oh, all of them, Any, nobody got blue. 
<laughs> Most people, it's greens and yellows, reds. Oh, I like it, I like it, I like it. Very good. Thank you so much for your honesty. Let's go to the next question. Ready for the next question? Say yeah. Here we go. You and your spouse have mercy. Find out that you are expecting child number 11. How do you respond? Show red if you are over the moon. Show blue if you are overwhelmed. Show yellow if you are over it. And show green if you're going to call John and Sasha and ask them how to do something. Come on, let me see. Oh, yeah. I love it, I love it, I love it. Man, somebody ought to come this way and take some pictures of the phones. So yellows, lots of yellows. This is good stuff, good stuff. All right, all right. Number three, let's go. Number three, you ready? Here it is. Now you listen. Uh-oh. Your, your annoying baby sibling is the family favorite and knows it. Don't lie and say, you know your mama got the favorite and the daddy got it. Don't lie. You know it's true. They brag, and the, but the child brags about it being the best at, 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 at everything, best, being the best at something. How do you respond? Red, do you ignore them? Blue, do you try your best and beat them at something? They the baby, they don't know what they talking about. Number yellow, did you let them, let them have it? You merciful people. And number, number green, you're a tattletale. Who's the tattletale of the family? Somebody is a tattletale. Who's the green? Y'all tell a lie. There goes some green. Uh-huh. Somebody is a tattletale. <laughs> Faith, you is a tattletale. That's good. That's good. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, check this out. Your child wants to do something great, but you're not sure if they can do it. And finances are limited. What do you do? Show red if you sacrifice and eat hot dogs for a month. Number two, Tuesday. Listen, ain't nothing like good Tuesday. I'll eat a Tuesday, listen. Blue, tell them, oh well, not this time. Yellow, beg the family members. Somebody need to give us some money so we can do this. Number three, this might have been what my mom did. Did your mama ever put all the balls and put socks in a in, in socks inside of socks? And then you play tag with the socks? Yeah, we remaking stuff. Green, set up a bootleg or a remix way for them to express themselves at home. Let me see. Good stuff. Just a few more, or one or two more, I'm not sure. What's next? All right, check this out now. Now listen. Your friend is single and thirsty. Anybody know what thirsty means? It means you need something that you ain't got. Uh -huh. And there's someone that they like. What advice do you give them? 
Show red if you tell them to go for it. Tell blue if you tell them to build a friendship. Yellow, tell them they're not, you tell them you're not ready yet. You, you want no honest friends. You ain't going to put them in no bad position, interesting. And number green, hmm, give them advice on how to get their attention. Show me your colors. Lots of blues, lots of yellow, a couple of red, a couple of green. Between, between, ah. Uh, that's so interesting. I think we got one more. No reds. Then we had no reds. Because they was thirsty. Thirsty mean you, you want it too bad. Oh, you got a red. It's a red back there. Look, look, they like to say red. Tell them go for it. <laughs> what you say? The, my, my, the bishop said, stand up. He'll, let you, he'll help you find somebody. She said, oh, no, that ain't going to be able to do it. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Is this the last one? Let me know. One more after this. All right. Your best friend just confessed to a horrible sin. What do you do? Confront them. Remember that book, Care Enough to Confront? You excuse it. You ignore it. Or do you tell somebody else? You know you got to tell the homie before you let it go. Now you know you got to tell somebody before you let it go. Show me your colors. Show me your colors. Lots of red. A little bit of blue. I love it. Thank you for your honesty. Appreciate that. Lots of red. All right, good. Last one, right? Your, oh, now here we go. All right. How do you feel about your personal family? Red, my family is the best in the world. Blue, we all need a little bit of counseling. <laughs> Yellow, I blame my parents. Green, if not for Jesus, I didn't read that. If not for Jesus, we'd all be horrible. Come on, show me your colors, show me your colors. Lots of greens, few blues, lot of red. Oh, we got a yellow too. Greens, I feel that. <laughs> I feel you. Good stuff. Every single one of these situations Every single one of these situations are something to do with the families that we are going to see today. Today, we're going to learn about the family of God. If you've ever looked at the Bible any deeper than just its words, you will see that the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is following a particular bloodline. Who did Cain marry? And who did Esau marry? It had to be more people than the people in the book. But Jesus, or God, was specific about one particular bloodline. And in that bloodline, you see all kinds of different people. Today, we're going to see men. We're going to see fathers and sons, uh, mothers and sons. We're going to see sibling rivalry. We're going to see love. We're going to see scandal. And this is all in the family of God. And the reason why it's important, because even when Jesus was at his lowest or his highest moment, in his greatest moment of pain, he was still thinking about his family. So today, 
we'd like to tell you a story and um, we hope you enjoy it. If you would, please make the cats feel good. This is the family of God. Let me tell you a story about God, who always has family on his mind. He even spent the first five days, as we know it, preparing the entire world for the first family. In God, family begins with the father. And the first father on earth was Adam, whose love for his wife Eve produced children. Not to leave any of you in blended families out. After all, Jesus was raised in a blended family, but we'll get to that later. This story begins 20 generations after the Adam family. God changed Abram's name to literally mean father of many nations, which is ironic because Abraham was very old and didn't have any children. The changing of his name came with a promise. But this wasn't some ordinary promise. This promise was astronomical. God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And Abraham waited 25 years, 25 long years. He even spent some of it trying to make things happen on his own. But in God's eyes, this family began with Abraham. And he also had the specific DNA of Sarah in mind, which was Abraham's wife. So you can only imagine the joy and shock in Abraham when his 75-year-old wife gave him a son the natural way. Isaac was born. He was the light of Abraham's eye and the pride of Sarah's. For three years, he grew up to be strong, just as they thought he would. Then, one fateful morning, God tested Abraham. He wanted to know if he loved the promise more than God himself. He wanted to know who was more precious, God or his son. He told Abraham to go and climb the mountain, to build an altar of wood, and to sacrifice his son. So, where are we going, Dad? Well, son, we're going to worship the Lord. Well, why did Mom come? Well, sometimes some men must do what men must do. And today, we're going to worship the Lord and follow him to the letter. Wait, we forgot the lamb. Uh, son, God will provide us with the lamb. 
Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Son, you know I love you, right? Yes, sir. Isaac, I love you with all of my heart. But just like I trained you, I love God more. And today, I must demonstrate that love. Isaac, do you trust me? Yeah, sure do. Give me your hands. Abraham, do not lay your hand on the boy. For now I see you fear God since you did not withhold your precious son, your only son. God calls you his friend and God will make you a great nation and he will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and he will bless those who bless you and the ones who curses you God will curse and you and all the families of the earth will be blessed oh 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 my gosh yeah oh. what's happening oh. who is that son it was the angel of the Lord. Oh, oh my gosh, it was an angel. Whoa, look, Dad, there's a ram in the bush. Son, I told you, God has provided. God will provide. Isaac had twins, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the oldest and a hungry man of the field. And Jacob, well, 
he was a little liar. He was so cunning. He swindled Esau right out of his birthright for a bowl of beans. But then Jacob had to run for his life. He went to Laban's where he fell in love with Rachel. And Rachel was so beautiful that he was willing to work seven years to marry her. But Laban was a swindler too. And he conned another seven years of work out of Jacob by sneaking his older daughter Leah into Jacob's first marriage bed. Jacob must have been real drunk that night because he didn't even look at the lady's face. And now he was stuck in an unwanted marriage. But his love for Rachel never waned. He worked those additional seven years. But for Jacob, it felt like seven days. Now he loved Rachel, but Leah, she was fertile. He couldn't look at her without her getting pregnant. Between Rachel and Leah, there were at least 12 children. Rachel only had two of the 12. Her firstborn's name was Joseph. And Joseph was a dreamer and a talker. And he talked too much about his dreams. with you what is this all about it's this this dreamer this spoiled son of yours What's going on? silence now what what has joseph done done besides the fact that he does hardly anything to help us he has the audacity to say that he is better than us that we are to bow down to him to bow down that's what he said uh, what? Yeah, that's what he said. It was a dream that we would bow down to him. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. I said silence. Now, let him speak. I had a dream. A dream? Th this is all because you had a dream? A young boy has one dream? <laughs> no. There were two dreams. The sun and the moon and the stars were bowing down to me.
out. Everyone out. Not you. Now, what is this dream you've had? Father, I... Will all of us come and bow down on the ground before you? I... Well, at least one good thing will come of this. What's that? At least we can't be accused of being the only ones sleeping on the job. <laughs> and because of the type of dreams Joseph had, his brothers hated him. They hated him so much that they decided to kill him. Guys, gotta do something about Joe. I know. I was thinking, are you? Who does she think he is? I'm not about a little Jojo. Sorry, we ain't even got the same mom. Enough. I have an idea. I think we should kill him. Yeah! No, 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 no. Why don't we just take his coat, wipe some animal blood on it, and then sell him? That way, God won't get too mad. Reuben, you get the blood, and then the rest of us will take care of him. There he is now. Let's get him. Get rid of them, they did. But the dreams that God gave Joseph were still true. It had been 22 years since the sons of Jacob had last seen their brother, and 13 years of slavery and prison for Joseph. But a famine in the land drove Joseph's older brothers to fulfill the dream Joseph had. See, although after Joseph spent time in prison, God's favor was still with him. Joseph was elevated to a position of power and influence in a place people would only dream of, the palace. And here, 22 years later, Joseph's entire family was in need. They had no food and nowhere to go. So they went to Joseph's. And lo and behold, they actually knelt willingly at the feet of their little brother. This was no ordinary family reunion. It was bittersweet, but it was the fulfillment of a promise and God's commitment to this bloodline. Remember, God always has family on his mind. There's nothing new under the sun. Roe versus Wade is nothing but a revisit of an age-old tale. Satan has always been after the next generation. And this was true for the family of Moses. Moses was a descendant from the same lineage as Joseph, but several centuries passed, and where Joseph was once influential, there was a new sheriff in town who enslaved all those born to Jacob. Therefore, Moses, a descendant of Jacob, was born to slaves. The ruler in the land sent out a decree to murder all the baby boys under the age of two, and Moses fit the bill. 
now. In 2023, there are women having abortions without danger lurking or death threats around. But Moses' mother cherished his life and wanted to do everything in her power to save it. More than that, God was committed to providing a deliverer for his people. So she came up with a plan, and no, not a plan B. She decided to put her trust in the Lord. Oh, hurry, they're coming! Miriam, quiet down or somebody will hear you. You brought the basket I asked for? Yes, Mom. Do you really think this is gonna work? Yes, baby, it will. But you're gonna have to help me, okay? I'm gonna send your brother in this basket down the Nile towards the palace. I want you to follow it close, but keep your distance. When it arrives, when they ask, if anybody has a wet nurse for this baby, you come find me. Can you do that? Yes, Mom, I, I can do that. Great. Moses, my love, I commit you into the hands of the Lord. I can't succumb to this culture's demands, abort you. Your life is too precious. Your destiny is too great. And this is not easy for me. I didn't ask to get pregnant at this time. It wasn't my decision to conceive. It was God's. That's why I'm asking God, help me. Guide this basket to the palace. Guide it to a woman who will be loving and kind, merciful. One who will care for my Moses until the end of his days. I will not let them kill you. And God, May you preserve my Moses till one day you become the deliverer. Hurry, Miriam. Now, are you ready for a love story? Before we get into it, there were nine generations between Judah, the brother of Joseph, and Boaz, our eligible bachelor. Boaz was a man of means, but Ruth was just a widow with nowhere to go. She was previously married into the family of Naomi and her sons, and once she knew the family of God, there was no going back. 
That would explain why Ruth stayed with Naomi even after her husband died. Ruth committed herself to obeying everything Naomi said and even allowed Naomi to help her get a new husband who once he laid eyes on Ruth was willing to move mountains to make her his wife. It was her work ethic that caught his eye. The only reason she was thirsty was because she was working so diligently. She was beautiful. She was loyal to her mother-in-law and careful to be obedient to every command. She never should have been in the lineage of Jesus, but she had the character that caught the eye of God. A word to the wise single woman is sufficient. So she waited and worked, and God blessed the broken road that led her straight to join the family of God. Just rolling home into my 
broken road that led me straight to you. God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. scandal? Ruth was David's great-grandmother. He was born to Jesse, who had many healthy, strapping sons. Born to another wife, David was the runt of the litter. And although he was last in his family, he was king in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, David grew to become a great king, he won many battles, the people loved him, and his enemies feared him. But oh, David had a problem with the ladies. I don't know what Bathsheba was doing on that rooftop, taking a bath, but it worked. Because David had to have her so bad that he killed her husband to make her his wife. She must have had that thigh out because he couldn't keep his hands off of her. And of course, he got her pregnant. David thought he had gotten away with it until the great prophet Nathan came to visit him. Nathan, my good friend. To what do I owe this auspicious pleasure? King David, I've come to tell you a story. Do tell, my good man. There were two men who lived in a particular city. One rich man, one poor man. The rich man had a huge flock of cattle and sheep. The poor man had one baby lamb that he loved so much. He raised it with his children. It ate off of his plate. It drank from his cup. It even slept in the same bed with him. One day, the rich man gets a visitor. And instead of killing one of his many sheep, he stole the poor man's one baby lamb. He slit its throat and prepared it for a meal for his friends. Who is this man? Bring him before me now. I will kill him myself. I'll slit his throat like he did that poor man's pet. King David, that man is you. And you must be chastised, for you've now soiled your bloodline with that of innocent blood. Oh Lord, please have mercy on me. Cleanse me of my sin. Deliver me from my blood guiltiness. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart so that I may not be disqualified from fulfilling your purpose for my life and the lives of my children's children. Arise, King David. God has not changed his mind about you. 
Your lineage will bring the great redeemer and you'll always be a part of the family of God. Are you following the bloodline? As you can see, God doesn't exclude broken people from his family. And it's because he had a plan all along. He knew exactly what needed to be done when Adam and Eve sinned. God the Father would send his own son to redeem the rest of his children. But why would he need to redeem his children? So that our broken families, our broken hearts, and our broken dreams could be healed. You see, God never leaves without looking after his family, which is why Jesus himself couldn't leave the person who knew him like none other, his mother.
God always has family on his mind. Even in the depth of his pain, Jesus was thinking of his family. He gave his disciple a mother, and to his mother he gave a son. But also, I believe that Jesus' greatest moment of pain is when he realized that God the Father had forsaken him. This is the ultimate punishment of sin. It separates us from our Father. And after Jesus died, he resurrected from the dead to return our access to the Father God. When we believe that the power of Jesus' blood cleanses us and sets us free from all sin, we can begin to build families who are set on influencing a dying culture. What sin destroyed, Jesus completely restored. And now you and I have permission to boldly approach God as our Father who is dedicated to his family. And once our loyalty to Jesus is sure, we are responsible to grow the family of God. So it really doesn't matter what your circumstances. What you might want to realize this morning is that for generations, tracing your family back to your mom and father and father's 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 father, father's father, you have been on God's mind. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter how much rejection you've experienced, no matter how much betrayal, no matter how much divorce, no matter how much pain from brothers and sisters or stepbrothers or stepsisters, God had you on his mind. If you, if you would allow yourself for just a moment, find somebody near you and look in right now and say, God has always had you on his mind. Go on, tell him. This morning, I, I would like to give you an opportunity. In fact, I'm, I'm going to ask, um, I want to ask my leadership team to join me. If you would join me right now. And I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Some of you, this might be one of the few times when you attend the gathering of the church Maybe Easter is a, a prime time for you for that. If Christ could raise from the dead, then no matter where you are on that bloodline, he would preserve you. If Christ could conquer the worst thing, and that is death, then he can conquer whatever you have gone through. If Christ could raise from the dead and suffer the way he suffered, then there's nothing you have done. There's nothing you could say 
There's no sin that you could commit that would keep God from loving you and reaching you through your bloodline to bring you into his family. If you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then it really doesn't matter how much pain you've been through, how much difficulty, how many tears you've shed, how many fights you've had, how many bad relationships you've been through. God still preserves you for his family. If God could raise from the dead, then he could surely help you. I'm going to give you an opportunity if you believe that today. And you're coming out of really tough family situations. Many of you don't even know all of your blood kin because of separation, division, heartache, anger, even murder. Infidelity. So in your blood family, it's all mixed up. And whenever there's a family reunion, you're always meeting folk that you didn't even know existed. Oh, you, oh, that's your daddy? Oh, my God. And how many of you have discovered your relatives that lived in the same neighborhood you never knew they were your relatives? Oh, some of you say, that's really jacked up. I started to write a book called Jacked Up Families. Because you talk about drama, oh my God. But in spite of how separate and how messed up it's been, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to respond, to receive prayer. Because the resurrection life of Jesus redeems you and changes you no matter what family mess you've been in or been a part of. I'm going to invite you to stand on your feet for these last few moments together. If you would, be so kind to rise on your feet. And you may be standing here today, um, maybe, you, maybe you were like the person who all the brothers, all the siblings were against. Maybe you know you've had a special call on your life. But so much family pain. Some of you suffered, some of you standing here today have suffered from pain in church families. Man, there's no worse hurt than church hurt. But today, because of the resurrection, you want relief of that. You want to be done with that. Some of you standing here today, maybe for the first time, some, through some means, you, you get it. He really did. He died for me. That's what you would say. He died for me. If he could forgive David what he did, I did what David did. He would forgive me? Yeah. That's true. And those of you who want that forgiveness or you want that reconnection or you want God to work in your household so that he could bring that healing back together 
that happens because of the resurrection power of Jesus. You want that, but you need a, a touch point. You need a place to say, I want you to do that, God. This is the place. And this is the touch point. I'm going to invite you to come out of your seat and, and go to anyone standing here. Those of you who say, I want prayer for my situation in my household. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And you can just make room. Thank you for making room for those who want to come out. I want you to come and just join. Either one of these will help you. They've all been through it. And I want you to believe as they pray today that God will answer their prayer because we believe in the resurrection power of Christ. You may come in Jesus' name. Thank you for being so bold.